stuff to talk about folks we got spring football we had a crappy baseball series to talk about and some basketball stuff to talk about so let's get right into yes, it baseball loses the series to auburn they lose one out of three <sighs> or they win one out of three lose losing the series uh pretty brutal pretty brutal series to lose uh this is one you feel like you should have won uh maybe even swept um but the defense really hurts you again uh, a, a lot um, and honestly kind of cost you this series. Um, so I, I just – I don't know how we're going to fix it, man. I, I mean, how do you – what do you tell guys, right? Like stop committing errors? I, I mean, I don't know what you tell them. I, I, I mean, our bats – I mean, maybe they're, the bats aren't doing as much as you want them to do, but I feel like they're doing enough for us to win these games. I mean, on Thursday night, if that play is made at first base, we get out of that jam, and it's two to nothing, and we probably win the game, and we win the series, right? And then you had errors committed today that cost you runs. I mean, the collision between K. Doty and Jordan Thompson was just completely embarrassing, uh, atrocious. It was, it was horrible. I mean, it was just absolutely terrible. Don't run into each other trying to field a ball. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I mean, I guess that's what you got to tell them. I mean, I don't know. I, I just – we really hype this team up because of its offensive ability, um, its offensive potential, right? Um, and we – I guess we overlooked the defense. We thought it would it would come. I mean, last this is really this is really the same team except for, you know, Jacob Berry. It's the same team. So last year we struggled a lot. And so, I mean, I don't know if we thought because the new coach it would it would bring some new energy and and I just don't know what uh, we, we thought it would be, but it, this is not what we thought it would be. Um, and I don't think this is really on Jay Johnson per se, uh, because these aren't his guys. Uh, these are not Jay's guys. Um, so I can't, I can't put everything on Jay Johnson here uh, because, I mean – Jay Johnson's not out there fielding balls. Jay Johnson's not out there committing errors. His team is. And there's only so much coaching you can do when it comes to, like, fielding and not, like, committing errors. It's just – it's absolutely crazy. It's – and it's so, like, up and down. I mean, last weekend, 
we were in the pits on Friday night. We were in the complete, absolute dumps. And then we come out Saturday, and our bats are rocking. It's rolling. We, we win 16-4, to four, and then it moves into Sunday, and it's 11-2, to and then it moves into the – the, the, the midweek game, and we, we scored 15 runs. And now here we are again, and we're like lost again. We, we're, we just – I don't know where to start with this baseball team. I don't know where to address other than the fielding. If you clean up these fielding issues, you win this series. You win this series. I honestly am just shocked at how horrible, at how absurd this defense is. I mean, we were not this bad at defense last year. I, I just we saw Jordan Thompson last year make incredible plays. Kay Doty was as solid as it came last year at third base. I mean, he only had eight errors last year. Like, what has happened? What has changed? I just – I don't understand at a, at a college level like this how you can continuously commit errors like this. I, I'm at a loss for words, honestly. I, I just – something needs to change, but I don't know how we're going to change it. That's the problem. You know, I, I feel like Sammy Dutton did enough today – I mean, Mikhail definitely was incredible uh, yesterday. I mean, he was the spotlight, I think, of the weekend. Um, Blake, money did enough to get you that win, too. I, I will say, I think Blake was pretty irritated on Thursday night when the error started happening. I mean, it was a complete implode. It was a complete implosion in that inning. So I can't quite blame Blake for being irritated, but he was pretty irritated. And supposedly there was an exchange between Blake and Bianco. Two steps forward, one step back every single week. It, I mean, you're absolutely right, Landry, Mr. Bo Landry. I, I mean, you're absolutely right. That's what it feels like. It feels like, okay, we got some momentum. We're moving forward. And we have this Auburn series coming up that's a really, really winnable series. And then you blow it. I mean, you had an opportunity. We, we came into this weekend, I think it was third in the West, but we were tied with somebody. It may have been Auburn at three and three. And we were tied. And if you win the series, you're at second place in the West, depending on how the other games play out. And now, I don't know where we sit now because I haven't been paying attention, honestly, to the rest of SEC baseball. I need to get in and look at some scores and figure out who's won, who's lost. But you, you were coming into the series looking pretty good. And it felt like a series you could win, and then it felt like, you could move forward into next weekend to a Mississippi State team that has been struggling this year, who's lost, of course, Landon Sims, and they haven't looked as sharp. I mean, even when they had Landon Sims, 
they didn't look as sharp. And now, and now they're not, without Landon Sims, and it feels like, you know, they, they just don't got it this year. So it feels like you have two weekend series in a row you can really win, which you can go to Starkville and win that series. You can if you're not committing errors like this. You can't go into next weekend committing errors like this in Starkville because you're going to lose another series. I mean, these are costing you games. These, these errors are literally costing you series. It happened in the A&M series. It happened here in the Auburn series. Shoot, it happened Friday night against Florida. And it happened against Louisiana Tech when you lost in Baton Rouge. You are costing yourself games. You are, you are beating yourself. You are not, you're not necessarily losing these games like the other team is beating you because you're beating yourself. I mean, we, even today, even today, you are in a great position to make a push at the end of this game to, to come back and win. And then you, 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 you score two runs and it's four to three. And then you give up two more runs in the next inning because you commit errors. And you were set up. You were set up to get that last run. I mean, you were coming into the, the eighth inning with Barry, Joe Bear, and Thompson due up. But I digress. I just, I'm not sure what <laughs> they're going to do, what Jay Johnson is going to say. Because honestly, I, I feel like our pitching hasn't been the problem. I mean, maybe y'all can throw in some comments and and point out some areas with pitching, but it's the fielding from my perspective, and I think we all can all, can all agree on that. I, I think all three of our starters did a good enough job to get this series. They did. You you had every opportunity to take control of this series. Now, to move a little bit off of the errors a little bit, something that was also disappointing was Thursday night, you were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. You did enough to win that game. Your pitching did you enough. But your bats could have, your bats could have overcome those errors if you would have capitalized. I'm not putting this this series loss on, on the batting because I feel like it, your, your offense did enough. But it is disappointing that you were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position because on Thursday night, if you capitalize on three, four of those opportunities with runners in scoring position, you probably still win that game. But you were 0 for 9. And your errors didn't help, that's for sure. We'll see how it goes moving forward. But you've got to – this team has got to focus in. They they have got to – I don't know. They, I don't know how you get over the yips, right? This team is, like, cursed with committing errors. Y'all, I, I, I am concerned every time a team hits a ground ball. Every time there's a routine ground ball hit, I'm nervous. That is where we are at right now with this team. 
I am nervous at the fact that we cannot field a routine ground ball. It is, it's hard to watch. It is, every time I I, I see it, I feel like I'm going to puke. I mean, the whole situation with Thompson and Doty with the shift on and they collided was brutal. Absolutely brutal. Cost you the game because you had opportunities. But it is what it is. I digress. Zach, if you could give your final thoughts on the the Auburn series, anything that I did not cover that you maybe saw, this what do we got to do, Zach? So, yeah, the biggest thing that I mentioned on our last podcast was that you needed to see if this team was going to be consistent with what they did against Florida. And, unfortunately, the answer is no. Uh, they, they, they did not continue the consistency that they had you know, the biggest thing for me was that was the most frustrating for me was timely hitting. You know, it seemed like that was somewhat corrected in the Florida series, and yet it it really in the in the two games you lost, you did not see them do that. You did not see them have timely hits in the bottom of the ninth on Friday night. They didn't get a timely hit when they needed it to, in order to push through and win that game you know, and, and walk it off. And then today, Reagan, you know how frustrated I was from texting back and forth. You have bases loaded. You have a chance to tie it up or take the lead. And you don't come up with a clutch hit. Last night you did. And in, in, in the Saturday, in the Friday night game, you were able to come up with clutch hits in a timely manner and you put them to bed. You were able to shut the door on them and the game was over when they had those timely hits, when Jacob Berry came in and he, and he got a hit, when Thompson came in and he got a hit. You know, that, that's, that was clutch hitting, and that's one of the things that we tweeted at because it's, it's something that this team has really lacked is, is timely clutch hitting. Last weekend you did it with Florida, and you took advantage of the mistakes that Florida gave you. This weekend, outside of the Friday game, you didn't do it. You have to fix that moving forward. You know, you harped on the fielding, so I'm not going to really harp on that very much because there's not a lot to really say to on the fielding that that you that that I can say that you have already mentioned. It's it's awful. They're the worst in the league. They are the worst in the SEC fielding wise, and you've got to clean that up. So I'm not going to harp on that as much because you've already hit on it so much. My biggest thing is this team has got to find a way to start hitting timely hits. They've got to start finding clutch hits. And, and right now, they're just not doing it. They're just not doing it. And hopefully that comes um, later in the season as they mature, as they learn to play with each other. You know, another big thing is that we have to remember is that this team is still really young. You know, this team is full of, uh, you know, sophomores, true sophomores. Yeah. Red shirt sophomores, freshmen. So they're still really young. They're still learning the game, the college game. Um, and so there has to be some leniency there. Another thing is that I'm really frustrated with is, you know, we, we, we've talked about how much 
uh, of an impact, Jay Johnson coming in, that the offense was going to play a, a role, a key role in, in this in this series and, and just throughout the entire season. Uh, and so far, I've been I've been impressed at moments, but there's other been there's been other moments that I've been frustrated and, and upset because you know I'm expecting this team to hit a lot better than they are. I need to go look at the numbers, Reagan, because I haven't yet. Uh, mostly, we've been paying attention to the fielding, all the numbers on that. Yeah. I need to go look at the numbers, and maybe some of our viewers that are, that are watching right now can can send this in the chat. So if you know, send in the chat. I want to know where LSU is at hitting wise. You know what's uh, what's their um, what's their hitting percentage? Uh, where are they at in regards to the SEC and and, and the rest of the competition? Uh, I'd be very interested to know that. Well, I, 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 again, I, timely him timely hitting. I think you're right there, but you got almost. <laughs> I think six of your nine or maybe seven of your nine guys and 300, like there's no excuse. You should be winning games. Yeah. Your, your fielding is costing you games. Well, they're hitting. They're hitting You're, great. I mean, it's not that they're not hitting. Yeah. It's that they're not hitting when they need to. And the 0 for 9 on Thursday is exactly kind of that. You're hitting. You're, you're, you're hitting the baseball. I mean – and guys, you know, a lot of guys are hitting homers. I mean, Braden Joe Bear is hitting a lot of homers. Cruz is hitting a lot of homers. And that's what, I'm, that's what I'm worried is. about. That's what I'm worried about is, like, last year it felt like feast or famine, too. It was like long ball or nothing, right? Exactly. We, won the, we won the Oregon series because we were hitting so many darn home runs. Yeah. Not the Oregon series, the regional. I mean, you got the balk in the, late in that game and whatnot. and. But, I mean, you hit so many home runs uh, in that re- – there's there's your stats there. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. Bobby, the stat guru. LSU is hitting there, 297 on the year. Right? Yeah, so, seven. so, you're middle of the pack. Um, I would expect LSU to be near the top tier of the SEC uh, with, with this roster, with the guys that are in the lineup, and with the – you know, coaching of Jay Johnson and, and how much he emphasizes offense, you know, I would expect them to be near the top of the SEC, and they're not. And, yeah, you got guys that are hitting 300, but like we've said, they're not hitting when you really, really need them to. You've seen moments of clutch hitting like we did Friday night, but outside of the fielding, I think that's another reason that has cost you games because the pitching, you know, it's been troublesome at times, but – I feel like here recently in the SEC, Reagan, the pitching, the starting pitching has given you the opportunities to win games, as you mentioned. So I think this really comes down to 100%. First thing is the fielding. Second thing for me, though, is timely hitting. Yep. Yep. So I – one last thing here on the the baseball, and then we'll move forward. If you'll throw up Chris English – uh, his comment there, it says this series loss hurt. Auburn is not that good. I got to be honest, I think we underestimated Auburn. I mean, I know they're not the top tier, Zach, and I see your little grimace there. Mm. They're not the top tier team or whatever. You can grimace all you want, but when you got oh, Ramsbach, who's batting over 400, and you got DeShera batting over 400, and that dude sent that ball to the freaking moon, dead center, to make it four to one, that team is better than we thought. 
And you they cannot can deny They can hit. Their pitchers, they they pitchers, don't have starting pitching right now. Yes, they do. Gonzalez absolutely shut us down today. That's the problem, but Gonzalez is not a first-round talent. Like Gonzalez is, not, Gonzalez is not an SEC ace. Like this team he, with this it, roster, it they should be hitting on them. It doesn't so matter. He's not. Here. He was he was better than what you expected. He had he a good game. Shut you down un, until his last inning. But how and much I, of that, Reagan, is is LSU not not having a good day batting? And not, and not and not getting the hits that because they need at the pitching. times that they need them because of his pitching. Yes, he. I mean, he did not he did not throw a strikeout for several innings, but he was causing so many ground balls we couldn't do anything. TA Civil War. <laughs> Auburn. I'm telling you, Auburn's better than we thought. They're better. They they have two of the best. You have the SEC leader in batting average and the SEC leader in hits. They're I don't disagree two. there. I don't disagree there. I just think I think their pitching is is not good. Their pitching is not good in my opinion. And LSU, you I mean, you saw it on Friday. LSU was knocking them around the yard. Um, LSU's just been inconsistent when it comes to hitting the ball. Yeah. And and that's that's the sad fact of the matter. Um, but anyways, I digress. I, think, I, I still think we gotta give Jay John let's not like again, I said, let's not hang this at Jay Johnson's feet because I I just don't think this is Jay Johnson. I mean, we saw this last, this kind of stuff last year, struggling. And it's the same team, y'all, other than Jacob Berry. And Jacob Berry did not feel very much at Arizona. He was their DH. But you really don't have anybody. Maybe Merrifield, maybe, I, I, I don't know, Joe Bear. I, I don't know. So you kind of have to put him out there. So it's really the same team plus, plus Berry. So – I, it is what it is. But we got some more to talk about. Let's move forward here to the basketball team. Lots and lots and lots of portal moves. Crazy, man. Lots Absolutely of crazy. You do not have a scholarship player left. Who's left? Parker Edwards? We got a three-point corner specialist. Yeah. <laughs> Parker. And, and some other dudes who sit on the end of the bench. I mean – the entire team, your entire rotation plus some, is in the portal. Now, Zach, I, I, I think I mentioned this to you a little bit, or maybe it was uh, it was actually uh, Bobby I think I mentioned it to. I think you may get one or two back. I mean, Pinson, Murray, oh. Sharif O'Neal, um, Adam Miller have all said, They've all said that they would still consider LSU. I think most of them, if not all of them, are gone. But I think McMahon can pull some back in because there's a case to be made. Like, hey, we're losing everybody. If you stay, you're going to get some playing time, right? Like you, like hey. so. There's a case to be made for Matt McMahon with some of these players. Like, hey, everybody's leaving. If you stay, you're probably going to get a lot of minutes, right? Yeah. I mean, especially if it's somebody in the normal rotation, or Adam Miller. So I think you can pull one or two back in. I mean, we I mean, we saw this with Miles Brennan, right? He left, and, or, well, he, we didn't leave, but went to the portal, was testing the waters. Brian Kelly convinced him, had a, had a case for him to come back, and he did. 
And I think Matt McMahon can do the same with maybe one, maybe two, uh, two players could come back or so. Cause I mean, you're wiped clean. So we'll see what he can do, but you have gotten some other transfers in. You've gotten three guys so far. And of course, obviously we're going to have to completely rebuild this team from the portal. And you've gotten one high school player, Zach, what have you, you know, and he finished his staff as well. And we'll get to that. But Zach, what do you make of this? I mean, this is nuts. Well, I think the first thing that I would say is this is to be expected. You know, with with everything that we've seen, you've really started to realize that a lot of these guys that were on this LSU team, you know, they were Will Wade guys. They yeah. they were Will Wade guys through and through. And, they may you have know, Will Wade money. exactly. What'd you say? They may have some Will Wade money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> They're at LSU for a certain reason, right? Um, and now that those reasons are gone, yeah. you know, what is there to state? And this is a big subject, Reagan. Like, we are starting to see now, and, and it's it's kind of been <laughs> – I love it, Bobby. It's it's kind of been, I guess, something that I'm not, I'm not really ha- too happy with is that you are starting to see – that players are coming to play for schools because of other reasons. We'll just yep. put it like that. Because of other yep. reasons outside of wanting to play for those colors, right? Yep. And that's the sad reality. Like, you're really starting to see guys. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to get those guys. I mean, you are always going to have guys that are going to commit to, uh, to LSU because they're Louisiana through and through, right? And, maybe. you know, there's a lot of – what would you say? I said maybe, Javante Smart. <laughs> but listen, there's – you know, there's a lot of talent in North Louisiana basketball-wise. There yeah. is. Um, our good buddy, Ant Marshall, who's come on the show before, I mean, he can attest to that. There's a lot of really good, talented basketball players that are in North Louisiana, yeah. you know. And so you hope that there's that there's guys out there that are Louisiana through and through, and they want to come and they want to play for their school, right? And so you're always going to have that. But nowadays with, with NIL, with payers being played, paid, which is which is nothing new, right? That's been happening, right? Um, you're going to see more of that, and that's the sad reality, but it's something that we have to accept, you know? And so this is not a shock to me that we've seen a complete overhaul as 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 y'all saw it on uh, on our opening uh, thumbnail, it's it's a McMahon makeover. It is a complete McMahon makeover. Um, you have lost every single person that you knew on this basketball team, and now they're all gone. And he's going to have to hit the transfer portal hard. He's going to have to hit high school rec- recruiting hard, uh, and he's doing that. You've seen that in the last week. You've gotten four guys to commit. Yep. To LSU basketball, and and this and this it's not it's no you know it's it's not like they're nobodies. I mean, you've gotten two guys from Mur- from Murray State. If you get KJ Williams, you're looking pretty good. We had a good conversation, Reagan, in um in spaces the other night, uh, which which really interested me. You know, do you prefer a Justice Hill over an Xavier Pinson? Do you? prefer a Kendall Coleman over a Darius Days? 
Do you prefer a KJ Williams over a Brandon Murray? I mean, those are good arguments. Yeah. I mean, this is a team, you know, a lot of those guys on that Murray State team, they're good players. They're good yeah. players. I mean, they're 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 all conference type players. And 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 they're a part of a team that went 30 and 2 last year. They lost two games, Reagan. We've yeah. talked about that. So, you know, it's 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 not I don't want LSU fans to freak out because it, it, it really can get that way. Like, I think you saw, I think it was Wilson Alexander that tweeted it, like, or maybe it was uh, Saturday on South or something like that. I can't remember, but it was, like, basically the list of everybody yeah. that LSU has lost, and it's a long list. I mean, it's the entire team. Yeah. And so when you look at that, you know, as LSU fans, it's easy to react and go, oh, my gosh, this, this whole program's falling apart. We're about to be hit with these postseason bans. And I understand that. Like, I totally understand that. That I mean, you know, we, we're not looking forward to, you know, getting hit with what the NCAA hits us with, with these postseason bans. But we have to realize that this was something that was going to happen. And now it's up to Matt McMahon. He's, he, he was brought here for a reason. You know, we're paying the man, you know, on average $3 million a year. You know, he's making – like what is it four times three times what I can't I, I don't know math Reagan it's been six years since I've been in math it's been a long time <laughs> since I've been math in, in like a billion and a half in school math class but I mean they're you know they're paying him three four times his, his salary as making Murray State you know now it's up to him to to put on put a team on the court that can compete in the SEC yeah. and I trust him too you know we've seen already two guys from Murray State transfer I I, I hope and expect to see KJ Williams. I would, you know, if you see KJ Williams, I can, I can kind of rest a little bit more and feel at ease. So I think the biggest thing for me is we don't need to overreact to all this that's happening because it was expected. Ryan, you throw Ryan Thibodeau's comment back up there. I, I, I can't agree with that, man. I can't. Look, I can get Trey Hannibal. May not be an SEC caliber player. I can get that. But Justice Hill and Kendall Coleman. Yeah, did you see what Kendall Coleman did to LSU, Ryan? Kendall Coleman Coleman did to LSU. 16 points and 13 rebounds against LSU. He had a double double against LSU this year. Uh, Justice Hill is very good. And and KJ Williams is very good. I mean, is, is Xavier Pinson really an SEC caliber guard? I mean, is he? I mean, there was times when we we liked the way he maneuvered the ball, um, but I don't think that Xavier Pinson shooting-wise is an SEC-caliber player. I just don't. I love Xavier Pinson to death, and I would be thrilled to see him come back because he can facilitate the offense so well. But, I mean, he came from a Missouri team that was never really that good, and he was probably their best player, right? So I – I think Justice Hill specifically and Kendall Coleman are are SEC caliber players. Um, I mean, Justice Hill was in the double digit, average double digit points and, this season, and if you could land KJ Williams, that's definitely an SEC caliber player. I mean, that is a that is a player that probably there's multiple SEC schools that would would love to have him on their team because he's transferring right now. Um, so, yes. But Ryan said, yes, I know. I was referring to the Murray State players. And that's what we're saying, Ryan. I mean, Justice Hill and KJ Williams, 
I can get. Again, I'm not going to say that they're not SEC caliber because, first off, Reagan, basketball is just different. Basketball is different. You've got teams, and Adrian AD made a good point about this other night, where Gonzaga is is playing like a Power Five. Villanova. Villanova. Final four. Duke, Kansas. I mean, those those teams. You know, are we got to get out of the football mindset of you know because football and basketball, the talent level from P five G five is is a lot lot closer. I mean, way closer, talent level wise. So we got to get out of that mindset. Um, but Ryan Thibodeau, I, I understand what you're thinking. I, I, I understand what you're thinking. It's it's easy to think that you know, when you think Murray State, you're like, who is Murray State? Who, where in the world are is Murray State? Like you know, like some. So you know, I get I get that thinking, but we got to understand that basketball is a whole different animal when it comes to talent wise and players transferring. I mean, you got Tari Eason from Cincinnati, and you know. If you just think Cincinnati, you know, you know, you don't really think a really big, you know, major power five school, you know. I mean, you saw them absolutely get smacked around in college football playoff by Alabama, and you don't think, well, they don't they didn't deserve to be there. But in basketball, we just got Tar Easton, and he was your best player. He's about to be a round run draft pick, and he averaged eight points a game in Cincinnati. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be one of the guys selected. So, you know. It's pre- I feel like it's premature to, to just consider them not to be good enough players to play at LSU. Uh, and, I mean, also you have – I mean, to talk about it now because we, we need to talk about it too, he's completed his, his you know, paid staff. Like there will be more guys that will come in and contribute to the staff than the three that he's, you know, hired obviously. But these are the, the paid staff members, the four members of the staff. Obviously McMahon is the head coach. And then you saw Cody Topert come from Memphis. You saw Casey Long join him from his staff at Murray State. Um, and you, you to, to, to finalize his staff, he got Ronnie Hamilton uh, from Ole Miss, a very a very recruit focused staff. Yes, uh, Topert was a recruiter. Hamilton was a recruiter. Casey Long was one of his recruiters. I mean, this is a very recruit focused staff. In which Topert and Hamilton. They were those teams' best recruiters. Yeah. I mean, especially Toper. That was that was a yeah. pretty big. I mean, Memphis has landed some big names here lately. I mean, uh, guys like James Wiseman and Precious Achua, Lester Quinones was a big recruit. He hasn't panned out to be the massive recruit everybody thought he was, but he's at Memphis. You think about Imani Bates, somebody that didn't work out, somebody that they pulled from LSU, pulled away from LSU. So I mean. This is a great staff to have in this moment when you have got to rebuild a team completely. And you you want guys who can go and evaluate talent really well. And I think he did a great job of selecting his staff to do that in this situation. Um, Again, a recruiting focused staff is is going to be a bonus uh, when you're hitting the portal like this. And there, look, guys, there is a lot of guys in the portal. We, we don't, like Zach said, we don't need to freak out because I've seen a lot of portal. I mean, there's a guy from Illinois. There's a guy from Memphis. There's two from Arkansas. Uh, you know, there's K.J. Williams is still out there. And there's, you know, hundreds probably more in the portal. So you can rebuild this team if 
no player from LSU comes back at all. Not if a single player comes back from LSU, Matt McMahon is still going to put a team out there together. So, yes, you can't uh, expect uh, you can't expect that LSU this coming year, when they're looking at sanctions and they're having to rebuild a, a team completely, and you got a new coach in his first year, you can't expect them to like compete in the SEC for the for the SEC title. Like you get, you just can't have that expectation because uh, you have no idea what you're going to put out there. I mean, it could be a completely remade team. Like there could be a not a single player from this year's team that we saw on next year's team, which is kind of crazy to think, but that's the reality of it. Um, so you just can't have that expectation that it's it's going to be immediate either. Um, but I, I like Matt McMahon. Uh, one of the coaches that I, I in college basketball that I love, I love the death uh, as a coach is Jay Wright, who coaches at Villanova. Obviously, they lost tonight, but Jay Wright is just an incredible coach, and I love Jay Wright. And the reason I, I liked Matt McMahon as a coach so much is because he reminds me a lot of Jay Wright. Um, and so I'm super pumped to see what he can do in the future. You never know. He may can put together this incredible uh, um, team of transfers and have a heck of a season. But obviously next year, as Ryan's saying, absolutely not. No expectations to remain in next year's team. Correct. Um, so, but I'm looking forward to uh, this. I mean, there's going to be a lot of news. We'll keep you updated on that because – we're going to be hitting the portal like crazy. You also did get the 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 high school commit. He was committed to Murray State. Uh, he was okay. committed to Matt McMahon and Casey Long at Murray State. Cornelius Williams, he's a center. Uh, I, I think he's in North Carolina. Bro, they need to put some Cajun food in that man because, dude, that he man lanky. is lanky. He's lanky. He's skinny, boy. I'm skinny. But, dude, that man is skinny. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I, I'm rolling with Matt McMahon. I like what he's done so far. Zach, let's hit a quick break. We'll come back and we'll hit a little tell me TA. A little tell me TA. I'll, I'll get them ready. So y'all hit hit us in the comments with some tell me TA. And then we'll we'll wrap it up with our last segment. We're gonna talk a little bit about spring football. Hey, let's take this quick break and then we'll hit you back. With some tell me T A. Five Star Hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Saints Anthem and at Twitter at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Five Star Hero. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. Tell me, T.A., which position have you, impressed, have, have you been impressed with from spring practices so far? Zach. Who you've been impressed with the most? For me, Brandon, it's it's been running back. Um, and, and mainly I think a lot of that is just because I'm really excited to see 
the year that John Emery is going to have. All right. I'll give my position group uh, um, who I've been impressed with the most so far. I've really liked, which this may be just a player. Um, I've liked the leadership that you've seen out of Mike Jones. I love what you've seen. I've seen out of Mike Jones. So if I had to say it, I guess linebacker, um, you've seen, obviously, everybody wants to know about the quarterbacks, and you've seen clips about the quarterbacks. I'm super pumped to see how that plays out. Um, You know, you were getting updates today about, which, Bobby, you can go ahead and throw it up there. Go ahead and throw up there that that last thing. We're talking about the spring uh, for our last comment here, and we'll, since we're doing Tell Me T.A., uh, there you go. Spring football update, Tell Me T.A. Linebacker, I've been really impressed with it, specifically Mike Jones. Uh, you know, if you want, if you want to hear from Mike Jones, who Mike Jones, go check out Blake's uh, uh, show. Are you serious sports? He comes on there pretty, pretty often uh, to hear from him. Um, but he, his leadership ha- has been something that uh, that I've liked uh, a lot, uh, and I'm excited to see how the quarterback uh, room obviously plays out. Uh, Zach, I was mentioning uh, you saw a lot from the media today about. Um, some stuff about how he threw a 65-yard touchdown Miles Brennan did and that Jaden Daniels was antsy in the pocket, maybe left a little too early, ran a little too early. I don't know how much you make of that, Zach. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, I I heard that also on the 65-yard touchdown, it would have probably been considered a sack of Miles Brennan. Yeah, I I had not heard that. Um who want to be careful of what I say here. Um, I'm curious to to see how much of what was put out today is is a narrative trying to be pushed. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> that's probably as far as I'll go with that. Um, but nonetheless, you know, reported Miles Brennan throws a 65-yard touchdown to Dre Jenkins. Dre Jenkins, I'm excited to see that, you know, because Dre Jenkins seems like a guy that could potentially be, you know, pushed further down in the depth chart, you know, a guy that hasn't been talked about as much this offseason. The dude won you the Texas A&M game. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, yeah. like you got guys. You got a ton of guys. Um, you got, of course, Kayshawn Butte, who is probably the best wide receiver in the country. You've got Jack Besh as a really solid number two. You've got Malik Neighbors, who looks like he's going to have a breakout season. You've got Brian Thomas, who looks like he could have a breakout season. Yeah. And you've also got Chris Hilton, who looks like he's going to have a breakout season. Um, and that's just to name a few. Uh, I mean, that's the list just goes on and on. And Dre Jenkins is a guy who's who's been loyal to the program. He, he's stuck it out for a really long time. You know, in my opinion, a guy that probably deserves the number 18 jersey. Um, I, I kind of expect him to get that, you know. Um, just because of, uh, of of what he's been for the program and all that. And so I love to see that. You yeah. know, Miles Brennan throws a bomb. You know, obviously, you know, we're expecting probably Jaden Daniels to take over QB1. You know, I think me and you can both agree we probably fully expect him to be the starting quarterback whenever they come out against Florida State on, on that Sunday. But – you know, we can't forget Miles Brennan still has a cannon, right? And yeah. sack or not, I I, I don't know. Yeah, about that. Doubt, man. 
But, hey, look, you know who's somebody who's really impressed me? Outside of running back, and I know I, I couldn't say much, I was going to say DB because Greg Brooks has blown up onto the scene. Is that like three or four picks this spring? Let me tell you. Arkansas, we're going to have to bring Austin or or Ben Brandon back in here or Preston Jones back in here because, uh, you know, there's a little salt with uh, Greg Brooks and both say <laughs> transferring. But let me tell you all, they are tearing it up right now in spring practice. Greg Brooks had two interceptions today. Yeah. Today. Yeah, he, he had one earlier. Uh, yeah, and he, he, I think he had a couple interceptions like a few days ago or something like right. that. Like, like dude's blowing up onto the scene. Um so, you know, really impressive uh, to me. Uh, I, I'm really curious to see, you know, moving forward, uh, how the DB room shakes out. You know, we kind of got word. Uh, if y'all were on Blake's show the other day, which I know a lot of y'all were, you know, he kind of gave us word that they are targeting some defensive backs. He, he, he didn't say who, but, you know, they're, they're targeting some guys uh, at DB. And so that's curious to me because it seems like, you know, if they're targeting some guys, either they're really worried about the depth there or they're thinking that the guys that they have right now can't get it done and they're going to look for somebody to come in and kind of take on that role opposite of uh bernard converse because I, I i've got a good feeling that jarek bernard converse is going to be you know one of those guys that's put out on the island you know at, at one position at one of the cornerback positions but you know maybe they're they're worried about the other position and you kind of saw that because i, I think um Brian Kelly was questioned about it today. He was questioned about linebacker. He was questioned about DB. And he just said, you know, those, those are things that are going to have to work themselves out. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of expect um, them to hit the portal with that. And, and it'll be interesting to see moving forward, uh, especially once we get into the fall, um, who, who's going to take on that, that other cornerback role opposite of uh, Jarrett. Uh, hashtag tell me TA, what's your most anticipated position battle? I mean, quarterback. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm really interested to see the starting receivers. I mean, because there is a lot, there is a ton. Uh, I mean, like you went through the list, I think it was Brian Thomas, uh, Malik Neighbors, uh, Chris Hilton Jr., Jare Jenkins, Keishon Boutte, Jack Bash, like. I'm, I'm really interested to see. I mean, you can throw all those guys out there in a rotation on some of somehow, but I'm, I'm interested to see who gets the starting roles. Zach, who's your most anticipated position battle? Um, man, that's a tough one. I think for me, it's offensive line. I know there's some guys there that are kind of like expected to be the starter. Yep. You know, a lot of the transfers that we've gotten and, and potential other transfers that we will get, you know, they're kind of, Seems like they've been penciled in, um, but I don't think that's the case. You know, I, I fully expect that to be a battle. Um, I think there was word that Charles Turner was at the center position today. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm interested to see the offensive line because the offensive line is going to be the key, I, I really believe, into the, uh, into how this offense is going to to run. It's going to be the key in, in how this offense is efficient. You know, Jaden Daniels has to be able to have time to sit back there and, and, and throw to guys like Kayshawn Boutte, Jack Vesh, Brian Thomas, Malik Neighbors, Jaleigh Jenkins. Yeah. Like, he's got to have the time. And, yep. and there's a lot of question marks. You know, the offensive line last year, they, they, they had a rough start, but they really improved throughout the year. And overall, they had actually had a pretty good season. 
uh, for the offensive line. But you have a lot of question marks coming into the season. Yeah. We don't really, you know, so I'm interested to see how that plays out because I think that is going to be play a major role. Uh, I, I mean, we know in the SEC, it's 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 the lines. It's the lines that win you games. Yep. Offensive and defensive lines in the SEC are what win you football games. And so LSU has to solidify a starting five that is going to gel well together uh, and that is going to be able to, of course, pass block and rush block um, to the best of their ability, you know, to get lanes open for John Emery and to give time to Jaden Daniels, Miles Brennan. Um, and so, you know, that's probably the biggest one for me. Who I have not heard anything about Miles Frazier. Is he there yet or is he coming in the summer? Um, I'm actually not sure about that I either. I've not heard a word about it. Maybe, maybe a moderator. Uh, yeah, we need an update on him. Might help us out on that. Give us an update. I think he's looking I want to hear about that too. I think Garrett Dellinger winds up at center, but yeah. I want to hear about Miles Frazier and I haven't heard nothing. Because he's kind of um, expected to be the left, the starting left tackle. Right, 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 right. So, Dave underscore S, tell me, T.A., if the tight end cut from Texas, I, I guess that is A&M, uh, yes, graduates and A&M. transferred to LSU, um, and, and be eligible to play this fall. Uh, A.D. did tell us Miles is here. Um, so, I don't know if you know about this, Reagan, um, if, but if you don't, I'll go ahead. Um, so, per – uh, NCAA rules to be able to transfer um, within the same conference. So from one SEC school to an SEC school, there is a deadline. There is a cutoff. And yeah. that date, and that's to enter the transfer portal. So you can be entered into the transfer portal before this cutoff date and still commit to another school and I believe have immediate eligibility. But there has to be, there's a cutoff date for just entering the portal. And that was February 1st. Um, Cup did not enter the transfer portal until after February the 1st. So from what I know, Dave, okay, so I'm not telling you this 100%, but from what I understand and from what I know, um, they he cannot, he cannot start uh, or have immediate eligibility if he transfers to uh, LSU this season. I, I believe he would have to sit out this fall be, Per those NCA um, regulations, uh, I, I'm not a hundred percent on that, but from what I've looked into it, um, that that's what I believe. Gotcha. So, I mean, that can that can roll into this next one here from Ryan Thibodeau. Tell me about the the tight ends. Not much to tell you about. I mean, Cole Taylor, Matt, Jack Mashburn. Um, yeah, it's a pretty short. Mason Taylor, the, the freshman. I mean, you, who is that? You said Mason Taylor, the incoming Mason freshman. Taylor, the freshman. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I mean, I, I think if they can land somebody in the transfer portal, they will. Um, I, you know, according to what Zach said, maybe Cup isn't that guy unless he wants to come, but maybe he won't get el- immediate eligibility. We don't know. So, um, I mean, right now, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's a but something we mentioned in the last podcast is you've seen a lot of Cole Taylor. You have seen a lot of Cole Taylor. Yeah. Um, and I believe he's been in the slot if I'm, if I'm correct. Um, and, and recalling my memory, which isn't great, but, (laughs) um, we've seen a lot of Cole Taylor actually 
And, and at least the footage that I've watched, Reagan, I don't know about you, but so the footage that I've watched, we've seen a lot of Cole Taylor. Um, I mentioned this in the last podcast, Ryan, so I don't, I don't want to be too repetitive, but, you know, don't expect a, a whole lot from the tight end position, um, you know, unless they, you know, maybe bring in a, a big-time transfer or just a transfer period to get some more depth there. Um, I don't think they have the personnel to to do with the tight ends what they want to do or what they typically do. Um, I, I expect Mike Denbrock and I expect – um, oh, graduate transfers are exempt. So if he is a graduate transfer from AM, you know, he can have immediate eligibility. Thank you, AD, for saying that. If he has not, then yes, he will have to sit out. Um, but to go back to the tight ends, you know, I, I fully expect Mike Denbrock and Brian Kelly, and, and you know, they're doing offensive install right now. Um, no doubt. I expect them to center this offense around the athletes that they have. And right now they just don't have the personnel at tight end, I believe to do what they want to do. And so I don't believe you're going to see, uh, you're going to see the tight ends. Uh, you're, you're going to see them, uh, you know, run plays through the tight ends. You know, there's going to be schemes around the, the tight ends, but I don't expect to see, you know, what we've seen out of a typical Mike Denbrock, Brian Kelly offense uh, and what they've done with the tight end, some two tight end sets, you know, I don't expect to see a lot of that this season just because of the personnel, unless they hit the transfer portal and get some guys and, they, and they're able to get more comfortable there. But Brian Kelly has told you straight up in his in his first uh, press conference before the spring, the tight end room is not where it's at. Yeah. Or it needs, it's not where it needs to be. No doubt. Uh, I did like um, uh, from Brian Kelly his press conference today after the fifth practice, um, you know, Moving to this next week, you found you found out from him that they're going to start divvying up reps, and and that may give you some insight to where they're at right now, maybe with some depth charts and whatnot, uh, because they're going to start divvying up those reps, um, and so we're going to see um, some of that here soon. And also, I like that he said, you know, right now he he kind of loved this period of time because he was learning or teaching the guys how to be prepared how to prepare. Uh, and I like that about him, you know, because it, it feels like there's times in the past where, you know, there, there just wasn't a structure. There just wasn't clear focus and agenda on everything that was being done. And obviously, you know, you haven't had access, media access, accessibility uh, like you have in past either, uh, like Brian Kelly has given up to this point. Uh, when it comes to spring practice. But I love his emphasis on accountability and his preparedness and speaking on teaching the guys how to be prepared to do certain things. There's a clear vision. There's a clear focus. And it seems to be a continual thing uh, for, for Brian Kelly to teach these guys habits and routine. And I really like what I'm seeing out of camp so far, or, or out of spring football so far. So, um uh, I'm I'm excited uh, when it comes into this uh, this coming fall. What we're going to look at because man, it feels really nice to have a competent coach who has a vision and a plan. All right, one last tell me TA, and then we're going to hit a break and wrap the show up. Tell me TA, what LSU what what does LSU what what LSU does with second, third, and shortstop changes? 
I'm not exactly sure what the question is there, but I think I saw a comment earlier that mentioned, do you move Doty to third and try somebody at shortstop? I don't know, guys, honestly. Um, at this point, at this point, what else I, can you do? I mean, if you want my honest opinion, and this may not be a popular opinion, and Zach may, Zach may hate this, in, in fact, I think you move Doty to third. And as much, I mean, at this point, your fielding is costing you games. I think you sacrifice a little offense, and I think you put Drew Bianco at shortstop because you need a sense of calm that when a routine ground ball goes down, you're not worried you're going to commit an error. Um, and Drew Bianco, oh, I mean, he may not be the most incredible shortstop, but uh, Drew Bianco is one of your best defensive players on the team and can play just about any uh, – he can play just about any defensive position, maybe other than catcher on the field, and he's going to be pretty darn good at it. Uh, I would love to see that. But I don't know how that would change the lineup offensively uh, or what, but I would love a sure hand over there, and I think Drew Bianco would be that guy, honestly. And Doty was solid at third last year, put him where he's comfortable. So um, I don't know how that would change the lineup offensively, but – that's something I wouldn't mind seeing. Zach, you got anything else? Uh, no, I don't have anything else sports-related, but I, I do want to tell our viewers, um, for those of you that may have not seen, we announced it on Twitter. Um, so every Saturday night and every uh, – well, Saturday night, Sunday morning, I should say, and, and every Wednesday night – Thursday morning, we are actually going to be doing uh, an official uh, TA space, Tigers Avenue Twitter space. For those of you that maybe don't know what that is, on Twitter they have these things called spaces. You can get in there and talk and just discuss things. Anybody's welcome to join in, listen, and even speak. Um, so this has been something we've been kind of doing here recently, um, just every now and then. But we're going to kind of make an official schedule, um, honestly, because – uh, I, there's been nights I haven't been able to do it and people have asked me to do it. There's been nights that I've been able to do it and somebody else was doing it or whatever. And there's also been nights that we've been doing it and I just straight up fell asleep because after 2 a.m. I, I, I'm done. <laughs> after 2 a.m. It, it gets hard for me. Um, so some of you guys, maybe AD is still in here. Um, Nurse Court, I know that's kind of our, and uh, Al and Bo Landry, you know, a lot of those guys are in there with us. Uh, that late. Some of y'all could beat me out, um, but we're going to cut it off at 2 a.m. So 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. Um, we're going to do a TA space. What did Bobby say? All that basketball you were playing for the Wildcats make you tired. <laughs> Get your head what do I, what do I, moderator madness. I love it. But yeah, that's all I've got. Um, nurse court. There we go. Um, so yeah, guys. So uh, we're going to be doing that tonight at midnight. Uh, a, a midnight to 2 a.m. space. We'll be discussing uh, anything and everything. LSU, of course, Reagan won't be in there because he's an old, cruddy, fuddy dud. And I got to preach in the morning. And I got to preach in the morning. Because he's got to preach in the morning. I, I do agree, though. I believe uh, – who was it? Was it Ryan Thibodeau? Ryan Thibodeau said Reagan's got to get in the spaces more. Um, I, I can't disagree there. Look, if y'all want to come and do some biblical – Landry. If y'all want to come and do some biblical interpretation homework for me, 
you are more than welcome to, and I'll join them Twitter spaces. But unless y'all don't want to write a 15-page paper on Malachi chapter 3, <laughs> I might not be in the Twitter spaces, okay? <laughs> now you know the life of a pastor and a biblical scholar, student, whatever you want to call it. All right, guys. Let's run them ads, and then we'll come back and wrap the show up. Appreciate y'all listening and joining in. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tigers Avenue for daily updates on the show and all things LSU sports. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Guys, we want to encourage you to go and check out our website at tigersavenue.podbean.com. You can find the playlist to our YouTube as well as all of our latest episodes on the front page. If you go to the pages link, you can find Five Star Heroes merch and all of his beats that are available on Apple Music and Spotify. If you go to our sponsors, you can see all of the sponsors that support Tigers Avenue and check out all of their info. If you check out the Tiger Times page, you can go and see all of our games that we've attended at Alex Box Stadium, Tiger Stadium, and the PMAC through the years. And if you click on the support page, you can go and find the QR codes for our Cash App and our PayPal to support Tigers Avenue. Again, all of this you can find at tigersavenue.podbean.com. All right. Reagan gone biblical. Amen. It's the way to do it, baby. Way to do it. Uh, that we Well, that was awesome, y'all. I really appreciate y'all joining in for our uh, Tell Me T.A. time. Uh, that was uh, a really fun time. I appreciate all y'all joining in and, and commenting, interacting. We love to do it. Uh, We appreciate y'all joining our show and showing your continued support. Appreciate y'all joining in. We'll catch you next time in the Tigers Avenue. Five-star hero, take us out. Peace. Who that, who that five-star? Who that, who that five-star? And the LSU Tigers.